Are the lights on? Good. Welcome to Listen with the Lights On. I'm Jessica Blaustein Marshall. And I'm Patrick Garrett. Today, we take a journey down the legendary Hudson River, whose rolling waters and steady shores play host to a great deal of the region's lore, from sprightly spirits to galloping ghosts, from the stories of Washington Irving to real-life encounters. Master storyteller Jonathan Crook has heard it all, and boy, does he have a few tales to tell. We've brought him in to share some lore with you. Jonathan Crook, welcome to Listen with the Lights On. Oh, thanks much. I'm honored to be here. Can you tell us the story of the Imps of Dunderberg? I'd be delighted. A new skipper sailing up the Tapan Zee found himself zipping through quickly. He had passed the great chip rocks, the palisades. He had gotten through the wide Tapan Zee where Hudson thought he had found the Northwest Passage. And in those days, colonial times, when sloops ruled until the oh, early 1840s and all, You'd get up to Albany from New York City in 48 hours. That'd be really swift. So he's zigging and zagging, getting to the various reaches, and there's 14 of them on the Hudson River, and he's heading toward Martyr's Reach, where the highlands begin to rise up like these looming giants sitting there brooding over the river, twisting the river at West Point. And up steps his crew, there's four or five of them, and they're an interesting mix. They all speak the language of the Hudson, Dutch, hundred years after the end of Peter Stuyvesant's rule, and they're runaway slaves, former indentured servants, immigrants from exotic places, and they say, Skipper, you's got to tip your hat. What are you talking about? Imps, they are going to come and sink this ship if yous don't tip your hat. What are you talking about? Is this some Dutch superstition? The imps, they're the ghosts of those who have drowned on a Hudson River. You don't tip your hat to them. They'll sink this ship at World's End. Well, he quickly checks the chart. World's End, that's near West Point. Yes, the deepest part of the Hudson. There's no bottom there. Well, he refuses to do so. And in that moment, high on Dunderberg Mountain, which rises up in North Rockland County near Stony Point, do-do-do-do, a trumpet sounds. And what appears to be mist rises from the river. But you look at the mist close, and you'll see the faces of the forlorn souls who have drowned in the Hudson River. They gather round the imp of Dunderberg, the hero or master of all of the imps. He's wearing a little Dutch sugarloaf hat, and he blasts his trumpet, and they race north into the shadow of the Storm King, an old kind of bewitched-like creature who dwells there, and it's really more of a queen than a king, because she conjures up a thunderstorm and gets the imps to promise to give her the bones of the skipper who won't tip his hat. So, ba-boom, ba-boom, a great storm begins to form, and the imps quickly push it against the sloop. The sails begin to quiver and quake and tear. The skipper cries, bring down the sails, we'll get through the storm. I've seen worse on the Atlantic for all of their frantic actions. The ship founders and passengers who are going from New York up to Albany come on deck and cry, are we going to die? No, no, says the skipper. We'll get through this. But then the crew says, skipper, look on the bowsprit. And they are leering, making faces. They see some figure. 
It's the Heard of Dunderberg, the master of the imps. But the skipper cries, no, it's a demon. And I know what to do. And they call for St. Nicholas, because in these days of which I speak, St. Nicholas was known not for bringing toys to girls and boys on December the 6th, but for protecting those who sailed. And even if you were oh, not a believer, you believed in one of those Hudson River storms. So they put their hands together and they cry, St. Nicholas, come save our ship, St. Nicholas. And in the midst of this outcry, the imp gives another blast on the trumpet. Doo-doo, doo-doo conjures more thunder, ba-ba-boom, and everyone gets so afraid. They make their little wish and prayer inside out and backwards so it sounds like, and that makes the imps roll with laughter and roll away the thunderstorm. The year of Dunderberg, do-do-do-do, sounds the order, and as quickly as it had descended, the storm disappears, the sun slants through, and the skipper has to boast. Seen far worse on the Atlantic. That was nothing. Oh, I, I knew we'd weather this. Well, the Heer of Dunderberg hears. Sends out another blast and strips the skipper of his hat, sends it 40 miles north, deposits that hat. Well, Washington Irving says on a church in Kingston, it may be the church of St. Nicholas in New Hamburg, but wherever it went... It went far and away into our spirits, because from that time until these times now, skippers who sail up the Hudson River, when they get near Dunderberg Mountain, the gateway to the highlands, a touch south of Peekskill, they tip their hats, just to be sure the imps don't come and descend upon them again. And that's the story in essence. And I say in essence, because there's a couple of little, oh, addendums I'll give you in a moment, but that's the legend of the imp of Dunderberg. Where did this story come from? Is this a story? Did Washington Irving write this? Yeah. or was? Well, he wrote it primarily. He wrote it, and it's a little chapter in the Dietrich Knickerbocker's History of Old New York, which is kind of a fanciful description of the days of the Dutch by Washington Irving. He found, however, inspiration clearly from Dutch and native folk living in the region when he was a teen and would go wandering in the lower Hudson Valley and hike. Plus, there's evidence of these imps in the landscape. It's very precipitously steep. The highlands rise up at great angles, and there'd be wind on the river itself and winds coming down. And those who know sloops have told me from the skipper on board the Clearwater to Christopher Letts and Pete Seeger that, yes, the winds can be at odds. And if you're not quick to do this, to lower your top sail on a sloop shaped like a triangle, like a tri-corner hat the skipper would have worn, the boat can go down. And research shows from the Coast Guard at World's End where there's this huge depression 200 feet deep there are wrecked ships there, no doubt from the imps at play. And to add to the mystique, I've told this tale many a time, and on occasion people have come up to me after a performance and said, oh, this is true. One teacher said he was in a motorboat and they encountered the imps and the boat ended up traveling in the wrong direction after this quick storm came in. Another real estate agent from my hometown of Cold Spring said she was out on her boat, you know, a sailboat, 
And something very bizarre happened. It felt like she said an out-of-this-world experience where the boat was going around kind of in circles, though her husband claimed he was a good skipper, but he couldn't get hold of it. And she called me to ask what could have been the cause. Hmm. And I was in chills thinking, oh, man, it's like the Hudson River's equivalent of the Saragosso Sea. It's, it's you know, that kind of section kind of near the Bear Mountain Bridge up to the Beacon Newburgh Bridges. That's where the imps are at play. And so you've got to tip your hat or even put a horseshoe up for good luck. But just, I think, a bit of acknowledgement that there may be something a little beyond all the elements of wind, tide, mountain, river that create and generate something beyond what we could call natural and pushes us into the supernatural. That's fantastic. I got to think about that next time I'm driving Mm. across the Bear Mountain Bridge there. (laughs) Now, how did you first hear of this story, like you personally? Because obviously you really enjoy telling it. Oh, well, I had been, gosh, 25 or odd years ago, asked by his, is actually was Sleepy Hollow Restorations, now Historic Hudson Valley, to tell some local legends. And I needed to get source books. So I went to my mentor, and his name is He Who Stands Firm. He did a lot of work with the Native peoples, and they gave him, as he'll point out, not an honorary name, but a full name. He researched the Natives who lived along the Hudson River with their remnant tribes in Ontario and Wisconsin, and he had a little snippet of this story. And then he also gave me some books, and one mentioned that this particular story, just again, a little paragraph, and then I delved into it and found the the fuller version in Washington Irving, but then did my own explorations, as I mentioned, with the sunken ships and the landscape and the talking to the sloop skippers. And that's what lets me generate this story, drawing on several different sources, primary sources and sources really of the folk consciousness as well. You've hiked down by the mountain of Dunderberg. Have you ever seen anything? Oh, well, I've only in the thunderstorms in that region, and it's in part, I know, scientifically, because the hills are really close, but the echo, and it has almost at times a trumpet-like quality, and I wonder if that's what prompts people to think there's imps with trumpets, plus there's odd wisps of clouds, and and the river sometimes has hand-like mist rising up. Well, you can then begin to see little faces in them. What a wonderful, mystical place to live. I love it. And when people were reliant on the river for travel, you can clearly see where a sudden storm, and they do come on suddenly from around the corner at Storm King, you can see where people would be saying, no, it's got to be more than just a storm. This is unnatural, and they're sticking with it. I yeah. like it. That's... The Imps of Dunderberg. Yes. The Imps of Dunderberg. Now, do you know if there's any other folklore around the world that kind of tells the same story? Is there another river or another body of water or another something that conjures these imps? Well, there are spirits who are considered like river imps, but they're almost entirely in the fairy realm. There are some places where ghosts and fairies merge, like in The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, the White Lady, the Wailing Woman in White, is is a ghost, but she has her origins in these white ladies who were protective spirits who were more fairy-like. I know along um, the 
the River Rhine in Germany, there are spirits there. They're more sirens, like they're the Lorelei, and they call ship skippers to their doom, like poor Odysseus's men suffered mm. with the sirens. But I really don't know of imps who are more, they're completely mischief-making ghosts, but they're dressed like like the fairy folk. They have little, you know, bulbous-bottomed knee breeches and sugarloaf hats, and they spin head over heel, totally fairy-like in their way. And yes, they can wreak havoc, they can sink ships, and people can drown, but they're this wonderful hybrid of ghosts and fairies. What a great story. Thank you so much for sharing with us. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us. Listen with the lights on as a production of WAMC. Our theme music is Grizzly Reminder by Midnight Syndicate. For more spine-tingling tales, check out our podcast or head to wamc.org.